Chapter 17, Fathom Fathom had been given his own suite of rooms in the Night Palace, which he was sure he would appreciate very much if he could ever find them again. This hallway looks familiar, he said, hesitating at another intersection. Black marble walls and mirrors every three steps, Indigo said. You're right, because that's what every hallway in this castle looks like. The mirror thing is weird, isn't it? He whispered. I'm not the only one who thinks so. Night beings are very pretty and very special, she informed him. They deserve to be reminded of that all the time, everywhere they go. He laughed. They were lucky there weren't any night wings around them to hear them. Pearl would probably love it, too. Well, she can decorate the summer palace with as many mirrors as she wants, Indigo said. She started down the new hallway, and he hurried to catch up with her. The summer palace? I thought she wanted nothing to do with that palace. She changed her mind. Did You didn't hear that? Indigo glanced over and then down at her claws as though she just remembered that no one talks talked to him. Everyone thinks the island palace is haunted, so can't keep any servants up there, and most of the dragons who were at the party never want to go there again, so she's moving all the surface palace business to the summer palace, abandoning the island palace. Oh, Fathom blinked. It made sense. He himself had trouble walking through the island palace without remembering bloody talon prints everywhere. The smell of jasmine sometimes made him sick to his stomach, and he never wanted to see a red hibiscus again as long as he lived. But still, that had been the Seabing's above-water palace for generations. Was it gone forever now? A black dragon carrying a tray came out of a door a few steps ahead of them. Excuse me, Indigo called. We're looking for the guest suites? I can take you there, he said with a bow. This way. As I followed him, Fathom watched Indigo out of the corner of his eye. He wasn't imagining it. She changed completely when there were other dragons around. She squared her shoulders and st- stood up taller. Her voice went deeper and more commanding. The spears in her tongues were... The spear in her talon was suddenly a weapon rather than a prop. She really looked like she was ready to kill someone to protect him, like a true bodyguard. They made it that made it that should make it easier for him to keep her at a distance, if you can remember to think of that it that way. Just a guard, not the most important dragon in my life. Here you are, said the nightwing servant, dressing with his tail at a large black door that looked very much like all the other doors they passed. The guest suite for visiting sea wings. Thank you, Fathom said. Um, when is breakfast? The black dragon snorted a laugh. <laughs> Around midday, he said. Nightwings never wake up before then, unless the queen arises early and commands our attendance. Uh, usually we stay awake all night and go to sleep at sunrise. Oh, Fathom said, shivering at the strangeness of this kingdom. The nightwing paused for a moment, looking Fathom up and down, as though he were really expecting to see something ma- magic happen. Evidently disappointed, he bowed again and whisked away. This tribe is so weird, Indigo observed, shaking her head. The door opened into a dark antechamber where droning snores announced that Worf and Lionfish were fast asleep. Indigo frowned and stepped toward them, but Fathom stopped her with an outstretched wing. Let them sleep, he whispered. It was a long flight here. They're supposed to wake up when someone comes through here, she whispered back like for instance someone planning to attack you it's kind of their whole job and they already hate it he observed heading toward the inner chamber we don't need to make it worse by waking them up and yelling at them on their first night here they slipped through the next room and closed the doors on the snoring and here where fathom was supposed to sleep the only sounds were splashes of a fountain in the corner and the rush of wind outside the balcony several small candles were set around the room flicking their orange light against the darkness he realized that this was the first time he'd been alone with Ingo since since the massacre. 
I'll have to yell at them tomorrow, though, Indigo said, looking unexcited about this prospect. I wonder if they'll ever bother to search the room. She shook out her wings and snapped into bodyguard mode again, poking her spear into all the corners, lifting all the rugs. You don't have to do that, Fathom said quickly. I know I'm the real danger here. He caught one of the billowing curtains and tied it down, avoiding her eyes. Is that what you think? She said. She stopped only a few steps away with him. Do you think I'm here to save other dragons from you? You should be, he said. He held out his front talons, watching the candlelight glow through the webs between his claws. These are dangerous. Not to me, Indigo suddenly gathered his talons between hers and stepped closer, holding them near her. Fathom, not to me. The curtains rippled in the breeze, reaching for them with long, soft tendrils. He was close enough to feel her breath on his scales. He wanted to dive into her eyes and catch the tiny flame reflected there. He wanted to tell her how much he had missed her. Especially to you, he said. You shouldn't have come here with me. He tore himself out of her grasp and turned away, blinking back tears. I thought I thought it was Pearl who was keeping us apart, said Indigo. She said it was your idea, but I didn't believe her. She's right, though, Fathom said. You make me more dangerous. No matter how many else I swear, I swear there's always you, the one dragon who can make who make me use her power again. Don't you understand that? There was a long pause. Finally, rubbed his eyes and turned to her. Indigo had her wings folded back and was studying him seriously. He had seen this thoughtful face before, whenever they'd been asked to depict two sides of an issue in history class. The way she listens, the way she really thinks. Two more things about her he'd forgotten he missed so much. You're not albatross, she said. But I might be, he said. I'm not leaving you, she said. Do you want me to leave you? Say yes. Say yes immediately, so she'll believe you, and she'll have to go. But nothing came out. The words were caught in his throat, swallowed by the dark room and the roar and the nearness of her, after missing her for so long. A moment passed, and she stepped toward him again, reaching to brush one of his wings with hers. He forgot to breathe. I trust you not to use your power, she said softly. I'm not afraid of you. I believe we're safe together. I think I can protect you from dark soccer, so I'm not leaving. Fathom fought with himself, knowing what he should say, knowing he should push her and send push her away and send her home. That normal happy life was waiting for her back there. I should go to sleep, he finally he said finally instead. Yes, she said, making her bodyguard face again. I'm going to sleep here at the balcony door to make sure no one comes in this way. All right, Fathom said. He was torn between relief. He didn't want to sleep in this big, unfamiliar room alone, room alone, and anger at himself. Why are you letting her stay? Don't you care about her? Indigo lay down in the open archway that led to the balcony and coiled her tail around her talons. In the moonlight, she was a solemn silhouette, quiet as the depths of the ocean. Fathom dragged a pile of blue-green pillows over to a spot near the fountain and then punched them around for a long time before finally settling down on top of them. Well done, Indigo called sleepily. Those pills will never question your authority again. He smothered his laughter. He didn't want her to think that everything was fine, that they should be friends again, the way they were before. If she had to stay, the only way this would work is if he kept her at a distance. I mustn't let the Nightwings know she's important to me, he realized. That could put her in danger, too. Worries tumbled around his head as he drifted into sleep. Is it safe for... Is it safe to like dark soccer? What does Queen Vigilance expect from me? Are Worf and Lionfish spying on me and Indigo and reporting back to Pearl? What's going to happen to us now?